welcome to episode two of the Talk Nuffle podcast. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Phil. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Tom. Uh, pleasure to be back podcasting with you again. Happy New Year, listeners. Good. Did you have a good New Year? A very good New Year. Um, Nuffle brought me some Caradron Overlords oh, for Christmas. Christmas. Uh, are Caradron Overlords a Nuffle thing, really? Do, do I, we have those? I don't the... think so, but they're essentially squats. And I, I get the impression that Nuffle probably quite likes squats. Why'd you get that? No, just... <laughs> just, just amusing. <laughs> just put Phil on the spot there. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot again. I have a question. I've been thinking about this. Okay. Bertha Big Fist. Sure. Where do you think she gets the Big Fist in her name? Oof. That's a difficult question, isn't it, really? I mean, if you went on a date with a girl and her second name was Big Fist, that would be a question you'd ask, isn't it? <laughs> Why have you got Big Fist in your name? Anyway, right, shall we uh, move on to the uh, to the core of this uh, episode? We're actually going to split this into two parts. We're going to do the UKTC first, so we thought we'd run through the pack and all the bits and bobs to do with that, and then our teams, because uh, we're both going to the UKTC, aren't we? We certainly are. And then in the second part, we're going to go through the finals day of the Dragon Ball League, which is happening in a couple of weeks. Are you excited about that? Very excited indeed. And in fact, we're going to record that on a, on a different day, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So this is going to, well, it's going to seem like it. We're going to have to make sure we've got the same bugs in our throats. <laughs> exactly the same atmospheric kind of conditions. Exactly. Um, and hopefully we're going to do some of it at the, at the finals day itself, get some... Well, you say in a couple of weeks' time, but actually it's... Uh, oh, shit, it's literally this weekend. It's this weekend. weekend. Oh, yeah, it it's is. in like three days' time. Yeah, the UKTC is in a couple of weeks. Yeah, UKTC is in a week and a half. The uh, DBL finals in less than a week. But I suppose we'll probably record that part before the UKTC. H- hilariously, the listeners have no idea when we're recording <laughs> this. This can be recorded at any Yes. Anyway, shall we first, if we're going to talk about the UKTC, shall we first have a little look at the pack and talk about that? So what, so what is the UKTC, Phil, first of all? So UKTC is the United Kingdom Team Challenge. It's a team blood bowl tournament. It takes place up in York. Um, I certainly went last year. I must confess, I don't know how many years they've been going. Oh, no, wait, I do know, because it's UKTCV, so it's the fifth UKTC. Fifth year, so, okay, that would um, make I sense. I presume it's been in York every year. Have you been before? Yeah, I went last year, actually. And okay. um, it last, I think it has. I think they've this year it's in a new venue. Oh, you went last year as well, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so last year that venue, it's now, they've moved to a slightly bigger one, which I think is just outside and the town. a venue with a bar, I understand. Oh, that is important. It's a key, it it's is a key, key fixture. A key facet of any tournament. It's certainly an appropriate moment to have a bit of a blowout on an otherwise relatively dry January. <laughs> I'm trying, well, quite a few of the DBLers are actually doing, I was talking to Jimbo, Jimbo's doing dry January. Oh, well, and he's not going to drink at UKTC. He just t- said that he is. Oh, good, well, so he should, because... <laughs> As you remember, <laughs> listeners, that uh, I think we mentioned it last time. We did that, mention it last time. That, yeah, in last year's DBL final, Jimbo <coughs> didn't drink, and then Nuffle punished him by expelling him from the DBL. So do you think maybe this year, if he drinks at the UKTC, he's hoping to bring back that? Well, he, he might return to the former player that he was. I mean, r- rumours are about <laughs> that he's been replaced by some kind of gym bot android robotic creature yeah. that just plays this perfunctory style of blood bowl with no flair yeah no imagination no he just plays straight probabilities so so nowadays he has no flair and imagination and is shit mm. did he used to have no flair and imagination and well, still be shit no yeah. no have flair and imagination but still be shit i think he must have done you know i mean i i, I knocked him out in dbl 16 and i i barely knew what i was doing so <laughs> 
<laughs> Not much has changed. Well, right. Maybe it's purely apocryphal. I can't, I can't anyway, back to UKTC. So it's a team challenge. So how many players in a team? It's teams of four. Cool. Um, they compete against one another in six rounds of Blood Bowl, and it's over two days. Each member um, must use a different race from the 26 available oh, options. Oh, so you've got to have a different different race, and you, you can't just have four, yep. four wood elves or something. No, okay. indeed not. So, and they're all the NAF-approved races. So, unfortunately, Tom and Simeon's oh. you remain out. Disaster. They, actually... remain at, they remain out of reach of your very long arms, <laughs> or your extra arms. My extra arms. <laughs> I'm actually converting my Simeon's up at the moment, ready for the Dragon Ball League next yeah. season, which I'm sure... I'm sure they're going to be allowed in for. <laughs> well, one can only hope. Uh, the teams are split into four tiers. Yep. Um, they seem to me to be pretty standard tiers. So tier one, we've got Amazons, Bretonians, Chaos Dwarves, Dark Elves, Dwarves, Lizardmen, Norse, Orcs, Skaven, Undead and Wood Elves. I don't think any of them are particularly controversial, would you say? No, no, I don't think so. I think that's... I've seen like Orcs moved up and down occasionally, but I mm. think that you'd expect... I mean, I, I still have this thing where I think, I don't think Bretonians are Tier 1. I think they're a decent team, but for the certainly for the Super Bowl, we've stuck them in Tier 2. Okay. I mean, well, perhaps we'll talk about them in a moment when we come on to talk about our own teams. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, we've got Spoiler tier... alert. <laughs> <laughs> tier 2 is Chaos Rene Renegades, Elf Union, High Elves, Humans, Kemri, and Necromantic. Now, it seems to me that Chaos Renegades, or Chaos Pact, as they're otherwise called, no, no, uh, yeah, 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 they are, yeah, Curse Pact. They yeah. seem, their stock seems to have kind of gone up yeah. recently. People yeah, seem, they seem to be very popular at the moment. I guess, I guess also in the, as we'll go into in a minute, the way the uh, skill packages are done, you don't get a certain number of skills, it's actually built into how much money you get to spend in your team as well. Okay. So, but pro probably is a reason why Pack, a reason, I can't speak today, that is a reason why Pack's probably tier two, because if they got extra money to spend on their team for the tiers as we'll go into then it might make them better interesting um, and i guess all the easy mutation access can't yeah, be discounted exactly then tier three demons of corn chaos nurgle's rotters slan underworld and vampires yeah i'm glad demons of corn are finally <laughs> they keep they kept getting put in tier one because people didn't know what they did and they've finally <laughs> gone oh they're actually pretty rubbish so let's <laughs> let's drop them down Poor and then finally tier four the Stalwarts of the Stunties, Goblins, Halflings, and Ogres. And I believe you're taking one of those teams, aren't you? I certainly am. Watch this space. Well, you already know who I'm taking, don't you? It's, it's Halflings. <laughs> <laughs> Will be a big reveal later on. <laughs> so each team has a different amount of starting cash in gold pieces to spend, and that can be spent on a combination of either team building and additional skills and upgrades. So the so the skills are built into the actual amount that you spend on yes. the team. Yeah. Um, Which is, I think... Because they're uh, like a lot of teams this season. That's using the the World Cup. Oh um, yes, indeed. We should mention that comp. So obviously the Blood Bowl World Cup is in October. October um, of this year in Dornburn in Austria. And we're going, aren't we, Phil? We certainly it's are. Very exciting. Just <laughs> literally just buying our tickets at the moment. We had a very confusing altercation with a member of the World Cup team. So we're sorry about that. Um, on because they decided to make the early bird close on New Year's Eve. Which yes, is absolutely bonkers. And of course, we hadn't got our acts together, had we? No, we hadn't. So there was a lot of frantic messaging at about what six pm on New Year's Eve <laughs> yeah, or five pm. Who, who wants to go? <laughs> so seven of us messaged the organisers individually, trying to register, all putting, all putting down it, each uh, other people names. as the teams. <laughs> and this poor guy like emailed us all back and go, "Why are you registering as a team?" We're like, "Well, yeah, we should do that. That, that makes sense." 
because we were like, you know what we'll do? We'll register individually and put uh, down everyone else's the names, and then they can magically put us into a team. <laughs> we are we are the worst people. Yeah, we are. But um, but very kindly, the organisers then contacted us and said, "Have a couple of weeks extra to get your shit yeah, together. You can still have the discount, <laughs> which is good." Um, so, so yeah, back, we're excited back, about it. So back to the UKTC, they're using, and I, I think a lot of events this year will be using the World Cup comp system, which is this slightly different, well, certainly what I've been to. I mean, we're quite rookie at events. We've only really been going the last year, but most of the events I've been to have been, here's some money to spend on your team, and then here's, say, buy five normal skills and one double, lot five and two, depending on your tier. So they kind of have a separate number of skills rather than building into the amount. Yeah, that's right. So let's have a delve in a little deeper to the skills pack. So coaches must spend a minimum of 1,100 gold on their team building. Oh, so you've got to spend your 1.1 as yeah. standard, which is what most tournaments are anyway, at least on the team to um, start with. And that will include your initial team and you need at least 11 players before you can get stars. But then your star players are also included in that 1100 and of course yeah. re-rolls apothecary etc all that those bits um and then any additional starting funds and each of the four tiers has a different amount of starting funds can then be spent on additional skills what are those amounts phil so tier one their starting cash is one point well i'll just say 1160 so they basically an extra 60k yeah yeah then tier two 1200 so two, an extra 100k yeah. Tier 3, 1,250. And the same for Tier 4. And the same for Tier 4, that's right. And actually, so the crucial difference is actually if you want to if you wanna not take skills. And so the skills are, isn't it normal skills are 20k and doubles are 30? That's right. And you yeah. can stack up to one skill, which then costs an additional 30k and it can't be a double. Oh, I see. So, if, so for the starting Tier 1 team that gets that extra 60k, they could have one normal for 20k and mm -hmm. then they could stack another one for 30k but then they'd lose 10k yeah or they could take two other normals on different players right i guess that's right or yeah. a double so they kind of there's the choices there but i think i think that's the effective limitation by saying you've got to spend the 1.1 mil because it means they only get 60k to spend on skills and they can't then mm. dip into that 1.1 to go well oh, 30k plus 40 they'll lose that, that yeah 10k and i think what we might see with the tier three and tier four teams, both it being 1,250, is that you've got a lot more money to spend on star players. Yeah, exactly. Or, well, or your team in general, you don't have to spend on skills, which is yeah. which I think you'll see people dipping into that pot. Are you thinking of that for your flings? I mean, Certainly. We'll later, uh, my but... fling we'll still talk about soon will feature two stars. Ah. So um, and I don't think that would be possible unless we had all the extra gold there. Yeah, it's the same with me. I'm taking an expensive star, which I think is allow allowed with that gold. Right, so and then um, and then we get extra skills as the event goes on, don't we? So that's, that's just right. for your starting your starting team for the first two games. That's correct. And then before game three, we enter phase two. Ooh. Um, in phase two, I should, I should put in like a cool musical thing there. I won't, but I should. Well, we need to we need to get some like of those queued up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tier one get forty k. Tier two fifty k. Tier three fifty k. And then tier four seventy k. Ah, so the astute amongst you will have noticed that tier one get an odd number again, thereby limiting... No, they get 40k, they can get two normal skills. Sorry, get an even, I mean, get an even number again, which mm. limits, which means that they can't get, spend 30k on, say, a double. Yeah. And they'll have, well, they can, but they'll have, they'll have the 10k left over and they'll, they can't get two skills with that, if that makes sense. Exactly. So all the other tiers can get 30k for a double or a stack, mm -hmm. and then 20k on another skill. Basically. And then finally at phase three, which is before game five, so that's for your last two matches. Phase three. It's 40k <laughs> in each tier. Okay. 
So that's an extra couple of normal skills, basically. And that can't be spent on players. That's only skills, right? That's, that's correct, cool. yeah. Cool. So the options and restrictions for team building. Um, it's standard and that you need 11 starting players before any star players. And then you've got re-rolls, coaches, cheerleaders, etc. Apothecaries, fan factor, kegs, bribes, and the master chef can be rostered as well. Which, of course, is crucial for halflings and goblins. Absolutely. Um, and not to approve star players. But there's no uh, wizards, no mercenaries, no special play cards. None of that's allowed. So in terms of the skill costs, um, as Thomas said, it's a uh, 20k for a normal skill, 30k for a double skill. Tiers 1 to 3 are limited to one double skill during the tournament. Um, okay. But tier 4 may have more than one double skill. But are you going to dip into that? Certainly. I've got my eyes and a few handy double skills Double there. dipping the bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> Splendid. Um, your roster can only have one player that has two additional skills. Both okay. skills must be normal and the second skill is a cost of 30k. Oh, is that tiers one to all the tiers? All the tiers oh, can, have a, can have a player with two skills. And they can be added at different times. Tier four um, may buy a single stat upgrade which can't be combined with any other skills. So plus movement and armor value would cost 40k, agility 50, and strength 60. Have you considered that? or Considered it. I mean, AG4 halflings are very handy. They are good. But then that's an 80k halfling. <sighs> that is an expensive halfling. And he's, he's the one I suppose you'd want, really, for your one-turners. Yeah. And... It's a bit of a waste, I think, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's like as much as most teams' blitzers, yeah. um, who are probably still better. I mean, if, yeah, it's whether you can shield him or not. I mean, he is very good for the for the one turn. He does, I would if, I mean, if we'd looked up the stats, it might be better. But <laughs> I bet you it, it probably does dramatically increase the chance of a one turner. But then you could still be out of range. Yeah, so. which, is the, which is the key problem. And you still might be out of range to pick up as well. Yeah, that's true. And you can't stack other stuff on him if you've got a characteristic. No. That's the only thing you okay. can give him. Any gold unspent at any stage is lost. So as you were saying before, if you get your 40k in tier 2 and you get a double for 30, that 10k is burned. You don't get that back. Okay. I think that's how they balance the tier 1 teams, because they're, kind of, they're kind of giving you that option to go, oh, you can have a double skill, or you can stack a skill, but you're going to make a concession, because you're going to yeah. lose that 10k and you can't take an additional skill. Or you can have a better spread of skills, I guess. That's the so that's the skill pack. Uh, Next is probably best to talk about how the matchups are done. Oh yeah, let's do that. So as we discussed, it's a team tournament in teams of four. Mm -hmm. The first matchup is drawn randomly, and then after that, it's uh, the familiar Swiss system. So you'll get drawn against a team who's done as well as you. Over That's the right. Yeah. And the top player in each one of those teams plays each other. The second place play each other. The third place, the fourth place. Oh, that's a nice, simple way of doing it. So there's no kind of. It's not like um because I've been to like ETC style events in the fantasy. Yeah. 40k world where you actually have a matchup process where you've got to try and match your best teams into each other it's just a kind of yeah. you play the best yeah all the way down i guess that's quicker isn't it as well true uh, and somewhat intriguingly if there's an odd number of teams there will need to be one threesome Ooh, each round very exciting but um hopefully we're in that <laughs> <laughs> how does that work oh i see so then there'll be 12 teams. So each six, of the 12 players, six. so it's yeah, 4, yeah, yeah. 4 and 4, will be paired against an appropriate opponent from a different team according to a set formula. Hmm. Does it say what that formula is? Um, oh, it does, but it's, it's too long to explain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see. It's... And then the the points, the way that they work, 
you get an individual win is two points, an individual tie is one point, an individual loss is no points. For the team, it's the same. Uh, team win is two points, team tie is one point, team loss is zero. Okay, so you so at the end of the round, you calculate all your wins and draws, and whoever's got the right. most in that round wins the round. That's right. Yeah. You so you win points, if yeah. you collectively win more individual matches than the opposing team. Makes sense. Simple but effective. Yeah. So what happens if there's two wins versus two wins? Is there a tie There's time. Oh, it's just a the team Yeah, the and time. then it'll be one point. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's the one. So that, that is the rules pack. That is the skills pack. That's how it all works. Um, should we now talk about our teams? Yeah, that seems to make sense. I mean, uh, we have unwittingly now done the entire World Cup um, package, which is cool. Well, which we, is we, a thing we're just year. going to edit, copy and paste this whole section, aren't we? And then it's just going to be voiced over. <laughs> for, for the World Cup. World yeah. Cup. <laughs> <laughs> the World Cup episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess the only thing to say was I actually thought they had a really nice. Um, so I've had it. The, the World Cup website is awesome. Actually, it's really well laid out, and they've got one good things on it. But they have a really good uh, team selecting spreadsheet. I don't know if you used it. Have you tried it? No, I've not. But I wonder if it's the same as the UK team so roster sheets. It is. So they've nicked the World Cup one. They what? They've been allowed to use the World Cup one by the World Cup guys. So is it? So so that is the World Cup spreadsheet that we're looking at right now this is great for radio <laughs> but yeah and I, I just think it's a really good tool like it's really easy to select you because you can select all four teams on one spreadsheet has drop down menus and tells you all the bits and bobs you need because for the day one day two day three different skill packages and it just kind of has all the things you need there which i think i thought was really good so i thought it was worth mentioning. excellent and it's all four coaches teams in one spreadsheet is that right yeah exactly and it will be the same. I assume they've just trimmed it down. The World Cup one will be six or seven teams per spreadsheet. Mm. So you'll be able to select your whole team for when we go to the World Cup in October, which is cool. Fantastic. So let's talk about your team. Yeah. Um, do you want to give us the big reveal? Which filthy, beardy, I you know, gonna win take... at all costs race have you gone for, Tom? Uh, Nurgle Rotters. <laughs> no, it's, it's a team of just just noble rotters as well as yeah, just rotters um <laughs> that was a lie <laughs> i'm gonna take um britonians um, britonians and I'm, in fact, I'm not sure why you're saying it weird but sure britonians britonians <laughs> yeah it's britonians britonians surely yeah, it's definitely britonians <laughs> I've, I've actually never heard anybody call it britonians really <laughs> <laughs> well, on Talk Nuffle, we call it Bretonians. No, or are you going to call it Bretonians? We'll just go Burt's. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for Burt's. <laughs> right, so... Uh... <laughs> so so just, just talk us through the, 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 the players that you can roster in a Burt's team. Uh, so there are three different players you can take. Their standard linemen are the Peasants. Which cost forty k? They sound fearsome. Uh, they are very fearsome. Actually, I think they're actually quite good. The what do you get for forty k? So for forty k, you get uh, move six, uh, strength three, edge three, armor seven. It's, it's edge two. I beg your pardon. Sorry, edge two, strength three, edge two, armor seven, and fend for forty k. So they're ten k less than your standard human lineman. Bit worse at handling the ball, bit worse armour, but they have that Fend additional skill. It's a handy skill, Fend. Um, it is a handy skill. And I think for the rest of the team that's around them, I think they're more useful than human linemen in a tournament setting, because obviously 
they come with a skill that's useful right off the bat and mm. they've got slightly worse characteristics but actually with human linemen would you be handling the ball necessarily? Not not necessarily. So I think it's really only the armour that comes into play. No, and presumably they're um, there to let your flair players get the job done. Exactly. And the f- fend is just great for blocking those um, the running lanes because you can... That's so irritating when you've got mass fend. If you've just got one player with fend, it can be mitigated. But the mass fend is pretty cool. Uh, the next player is... Well, they, they call them the Yeo men or the blockers, effectively. The sort of... Uh, um, yeah, blocker style players for the. So did Burt, you just say Britonians. Yeo men? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm now going to deliberately pronounce everything wrong. <laughs> you know, for well, it's yeoman. No, it's yeo men. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you not call them yeo men? <laughs> so anyway, the uh, the uh, the blockers, um, <laughs> they are. Move six, uh, strength three, edge three, yeah. armor eight. So they're effectively human lineman stats, uh, but they come with wrestle for seventy k. Oh, absolutely, we love a, we so, love a bit of wrestle. So you literally pay pay the twenty k for wrestle, and they have strength access. So they have general and strength. Very handy. Um, which is very useful uh, for a blocker. The last uh, player that we have are the blightsers, <laughs> <laughs> the knights or knigets. <laughs> who are the stars of the team, and you can have up to four. So you can have four blockers, you can have up to four knights, mm-hmm. and um, they're effectively human blitzers on crack. They're 110k, so 20k more. And they're 7338, so and exactly that, the same, same stats. stats yeah. uh, they got block, just like the blitzers, but they also have catch and dauntless, which are both very useful skills. Um, I, was, I mean, I was reading about the guys who developed this team, and and they were saying they wanted to make them cool flair players. So what's like show-offy skills, dauntless, oh, I'm going to go and punch that big guy and look really cool and catch. Is and quite of, fitting for knights too. Yeah, exactly. I think that was the idea for the sort of fluff behind the team. So I think... Um, and what about their skills access? Oh, they've got gap, which is great. So they have general, edge and passing. And I think in the first iteration they had gaps, they had strength instead of passing, but I think that was a bit too strong. So mm. they reduced it to gap. But it's still useful because it means that in my team, as we'll go into in a minute, where I've gone for stars, you can use that P passing to take a leader, which I have done. So it's very useful. Very good. Uh, rerolls are expensive. They're 70k, but that's pretty standard for the, particularly the new, because it's a fan-made roster, the newer fan-made ones uh, tend to have more expensive rerolls so people don't whinge. Uh, and then they basically have, the, I think they've just got the human star access. I don't think there's anything different, really. Yeah, um, I can see Dolpha, Longstride, Willow, Rosebark. Carla, Zug, Griff. Are and Willow Morg. and Dolph, are they maybe Wood Elf ones? I yes, that's right. Get those. So they've got Wood Elf and a mixture of Wood Elf and yeah, Demon. Which, which is fitting with the fluff, isn't it? Because of the, where they are. Yeah, And they get Griff. Yeah, they do get Griff because I've selected him. Zug, Griff and Morg. <laughs> <Yes>. And Carla. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think they have, it's quite an effective team. Like I said, they're, they're like humans, but their blitzers are a lot better. They don't have the ogre. And I think their blockers are better than the sort of stack because the humans basically have a good selection of different players with good selection of skills. Mm. And I think the knights have got a more synergistic, simpler skill package, but I think they go really well together. The fend to block the running reins, the wrestle starting on your blockers, but also the strength access to because every human team needs that guard. And yeah. then the blitzers don't have strength, which obviously the human blitzers do, and are the, the flare players. So it's, it's certainly a different playing team. But I've actually select, gone for Bert. Is that what we're calling him? <laughs> I've gone for Bert, not really because I wanted to play the race, but because I wanted to play a particular star, and I think he'll fit well into the, the Bert's play style. Can you guess which one it is? Uh, it's 
got to be Willow Rose Park, hasn't it? Yep, that is it. Exactly. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> so it's it. <laughs> um, Said nobody ever. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take a Griff Oberworld. Fantastic. The star himself. I actually took him in a human team to the War Balls event the other mm-hmm. day, and he performed very well. And I think that in uh, the Breton, Bretonians, the Berts, he'll perform even better. I think it'll be, just be really good. He'll be the ball carrier. Fantastic. And, and just run really... us through his stats and his skills. So he is, again, he's like a human blitzer on super crack, where the knights are just super, like, just crack blitzers. Uh, he is move seven, strength four, edge four, armor eight. So he's basically a human blitzer with plus one strength and edge. Mm-hmm. And then he's got fend, so he's got another fend guy. Sprint and sure feet, so he's super mobile. Uh, blodge, so he's got block and dodge. And that is it. Yeah, that's all the skills. Fantastic. So, so he's yeah. reliably movement 10. Yeah. Wow. That's the, big. Uh, the downside of the whole team, and it didn't happen a war ball, is he's a loner and he's the ball carrier. And he needs a 2 plus to pick the ball up. But mm. you can fail it and he's a loner. So that's the downside because I don't have a sure hands guy. I don't have any other ways to do it. But my... Tactic is pick it up with him and run around with him. So as long as you roll that 2+, plus, every, everything else has rerolls. Because obviously he's got dodge, he's got sprint short feet, nothing else you'd be particularly worried about in terms of in terms of that. So shall I run through the roster I've gone for around him? Yes, let's do that. Are you trying to get that up now? Is it seamlessly? Just <laughs> professional. It's, it's there, isn't it? Oh. I'm, I'm just bringing up uh, Griff Overwald as well. Uh, okay. Anyway, so t- talk us through your roster. So in my roster, I'm going to use the uh, Mark the Commissioner's Paravon Pample Mooses, which is a very beautifully painted Bretonian team. I'm on the Meese. The Meese, exactly. Uh, I've gone for three knights, because I can't quite get the fourth in in the in the 1.1 million limitation. Uh, so I've got three knights. Uh, I'll go through skills later. Three knights, two blockers, and six peasants. Mm-hmm. And then I can get Griff and just the one reroll. And that comes in bang on 1.1 million. 1.1 million, that's 12 players, one reroll. Exactly. Uh, so to mitigate that uh, one reroll problem, my starting three skills for that 60k, I decided, I sort of thought about, because you can get doubles, you could take a mighty blow on a knight uh, for a double or something like that. But um, I decided to just go for the, the standard three skills to have a nice spread. I've gone for the ubiquitous guard on the two blockers that I've got. So I've got those two guard pieces right in at the beginning. Excellent. And then one leader on a knight. So I'm starting with two rerolls. And okay. I don't think I need any other skills. I think I've got enough in there to, to play the first two games since Griff's going to be doing all the heavy lifting. Uh, and then on the second round of skills, when I get two extras, because we've got that 40k, I'm going to stick in tackle on another knight so he can be kind of more of my safety. I've got the two wrestle blockers for the first for the first two games, but I think it'd be better to have them up using their guard more effectively and yep. I can have tackle, tackle at the back. Uh, and then stick in a kick on one of the peasants. So that should give me the op- the option to hopefully kick shallow will be the plan and then flood them with Griff and all the fast knights and try and get the ball. Fantastic. Uh, and then on the third iteration, I'm going to add a wrestle peasant just so I've got a, a, I mean, I could give him block, but I think wrestle's better for taking down those extra block dudes. And just get a blodge knight, so put dodge on one of the knights. I don't think there's anything more creative that needs to happen. Um, and that's the whole team. Exciting. I think you might struggle for for pace on, on the team, really, a little bit? I don't think so, no. I mean, the whole team, most of the team's movement six, aren't they? I've got four movement mm. seven pieces. I mean, the cage is actually usually going to be Griff running around with knights, isn't it? So the knights and Griff are going to run around. 
the blockers are going to be running guard where they need it, and the peasants will just be getting in everyone's way. Yeah, um, but I, I found the so peasants are the type of players that you can you can just mark a tree with a peasant or mark an ogre or minotaur, and yeah. and I have got one extra as well. So but the only that's the thing I'm slightly worried about. Speaking to Yogi about it, is um, I haven't really got any removal, uh, and I've only got one on the bench. So I may find against some more mighty blow heavy teams if they've removed two or three peasants or even get get off one of my mm. armor eight guys or any armor eight. I mean, I was I was lucky ish at Warboard that Griff never actually got removed but and people do try and target him but you need to tackle really to do him damage because he's got blodge so mm. the likelihood of mighty blow and tackle is pretty low and, and, they, and you better tricky. believe that if he does go down there's going to be a swift uh, kick in the face kick in the plums yeah even worse yeah, that's true so that could happen I mean that's that's the thing you've got to take if you're putting 320k into one player <laughs> isn't it? So, um, but it'd be effective because the other team I considered was which you could do with um Berth is to uh, take Zug, and then you you kind of effectively got, but then you're effectively using humans because you've got a um, effectively an ogre. So he's move four, strength five, edge two, and then he's armor nine, and he's mighty blow block. So he's very similar to an ogre, but he's a bit slower. Doesn't have doesn't have the bonehead, um, and that the team then does play very like humans because you've got the one big guy and the fast knights, and that is certainly a build I'd like to try. Mm. But I'm going for the more Let's try and score lots of touchdowns fast. Bert's team. So do you think if a team kicked short against you, yeah, you'd still try and pick up with Griff? Yeah, probably, because I'll always put Griff pretty much bang in the middle because he's got the sprint short feet. And he can, he can reach get anywhere. anywhere on the pitch. He can just run up there and run back a bit, so it's easy enough. I mean, okay. there will be occasions when I will want to pick up with a knight, depending on certain races I'm playing against. I might want to use Griff to do some hitting, but... Pretty much every game, Griff will be the ball carrier, and then on defense, he'll actually be. I'll kind of be protecting him more. He'll be there. He might blitz from the backfield, but he's not going to be up on the. Front well, once line. again, he's got the speed and the reliability to blitz exactly. from the backfield, hit, and then get away, isn't it? Exactly. I guess treating him somewhat like you would a witch elf on a dark elf team, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly that. And with a strength four, strength four blood is very difficult to knock over. Um, to be honest, he doesn't get knocked over that often. So, uh, what is a good Set of results going to be for you. So six games. What are you kind of thinking? Um, probably six wins. <laughs> <laughs> I think anything, anything less than that, you know, is that that's just thinking like James, really. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't aim for that. Well, you've you've gone probably about what half an hour <laughs> without mentioning James <laughs> and how shit he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you were the one who drew it out of me. You asked. Oh, did you? No. <laughs> no, that was entirely of your own volition. <laughs> Right, Phil. Should we run through uh, what you're what team are you going to take? Yes, indeed. You heard about them in the last episode. It's the half-assed calf boys, and they are a vampire team. It's a halfling vampire <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah, halfling vampire team. <laughs> that would be terrible, wouldn't it? Oh, imagine that. The halflings eh? have to bite the trees. You'd have your normal thrallflings, <laughs> and then you'd have your vampire flings, which is strength oh, four. Yeah. <laughs> also three. Strength, strength three. Add Armor four. Armor seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bloodlust. Wow. Awesome. Exactly. They'd gas. Never, they'd never get gas to access, though. Oh, yeah. that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so the half-assed calf boys. Um, so what are they based on? That sounds like it's based on a real team. On the like, Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely. And they'll be the paint scheme is the same colour as the Dallas Cowboys. And it looks very nice. I've seen a couple of. Thank testers. you very much. Not going to be painted for the UKTC. No, though, sadly, real life is getting in the way at the moment, preventing me from uh, having as much fun with my paintbrushes as I'd like. Yeah. But I'm going to borrow a friend's halfling team. Excellent. Take them up instead. 
So my roster, as you mentioned before, is a two-star player roster. Okay. Um, tier four, so we get starting gold of twelve fifty. We have uh, Deep Root Strong Branch, who's our first star player, and he is the tree that costs three hundred k. He's moved two, strength seven, edge one, armor ten, and then has loner block, mighty blow, stand firm, strong arm, thick skull, and throw teammate. He's a bit of a beast. He is indeed. He is not going anywhere, is he? No. no nowhere fast. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> With the move too. Then we've got uh, his two his two buddies, two more trees. Have um, you named them? Um, the name. I've, Got names somewhere. I don't know Wasn't it name. Jack Jack Bauer and I'm sure there was a <laughs> Bauer, ba- ba- as in a and, then, and then David Bauer. Bauer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> got it. I, I'm sure there was a second one. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So two trees. Um. Those three are very much the roadblocks. They almost always be on the line of scrimmage. Try and keep them two squares apart from each other. Keep the wide front. Make it very uninviting for people to try and go through the middle of them. Mm-hmm. Force them out wide. Then we have Puggy as our second star player. Puggy Bacon Breath. And initially I wasn't going to take Puggy, but upon further discussions and consideration, um, particularly with, with Yogi, um, who many of you know, I think is the current number one UK NAF rank player from his performances this year. For Halflings. But, but, no, just in general. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't, I don't know if you've ever played Halflings. No, no. no it's, yeah. um, but he's I think he'd be terrible if he took Halflings. Probably. Yeah. It's his Achilles heel with the team. Yeah. Uh, Puggy is 140k. He's 5336. Pricey for a fling. Yeah. So, but the strength axe. Uh, sorry, strength um, three bonus. So, yeah. uh, and then he's got loner, block dodge, nerves of steel, right stuff, and stunting. Nerves of steel. So he can still be lobbed. Yeah. Um, he can obviously catch the ball or throw the ball if you were that way inclined with nerves of steel. So no bonuses for tackle zones. Awesome. And. Am I right in thinking that that also helps with his landing? No, to seal no. No, it doesn't. No, it's just um, it's just throwing and catching and stuff. And of course, picking up the ball as we all know. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's just what I thought for a long time. Probably cheated actually. I probably, probably madly cheated for yeah. a long time. So Puggy is there as well, and and he's of course a great ball carrying option, being a blodger. He's also great at sacking other ball carriers. Yeah, it's good mobility. Dodge into the cage on a three. Mm. Smash him with block. And then we have the rest of the flings to take the roster up to uh, a gentleman's 14. Ooh, wow, some subs. So 10 flings in total. I can um, guarantee that by the second drive you'll have no <laughs> very <much>. few no flings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ideally, if I hadn't taken Puggy, then I would have had a full roster or maybe an extra reroll. Um, yeah. But the rest of them, of course, the flings. Flings, as everybody will be aware, are 30k and rubbish. They are five, uh, movement five, strength two, edge three, armor six. And it's the armor six, which yeah, is brutal. which is the big difference, I think, um, and the movement with them and goblins. Yeah. Goblins yeah. are far more survivable with armor seven. Yeah, yeah. On an, on an average, di- uh, you know, on no skill dice, um, armor value, you're only getting through the armor 41% of the time. Whereas flings, it's one hundred percent of the time. Pretty much, yeah. Those are accurate, accurate stats. Accurate stats. <laughs> uh, so then, of course, we've got the skills that we can apply to them. Oh, and of course, they have stunty, so they're dying very quickly. They are dying yeah. very, very quickly. Carol. So the skills, I could take as many doubles as I like, and that's exactly what I've done. Ah, very nice. So the first skill, and um, anybody who's who's played me or um, knows me from the DBL, I'm a big fan of kick. So I've got a kick fling. Ooh, very good. 
The reason being, it's one of the few skills that allows you to dictate play in your opponent's turn. And as we know, the halflings are very good at dictating play. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> well, exactly. Um, but it, it makes your opponent set up differently. They yeah. have to think about it. It's something that you know is always going to be helpful in those situations. Good. And you can also choose to kick short or kick long. You take into consideration whether it's dwarves or elves or whatever else. Mm -hmm. Um, how quickly you need to score, and also to stop them doing a one-turn touchdown with goblins or yeah, go themselves. Yeah, um, particularly as I'm likely to probably face a few stunty teams as yeah, the bottom yeah. coach in my team. Could do. You don't think you're going to be the top? Well, we'll try to be the top. We should probably run through our teams as well, shouldn't we? Because <laughs> hilariously, we're in the wrong teams. We're in completely the wrong <laughs> anyway, teams. Anyway, carry on. Um, then we have our second double, which is a wrestle fling. Yeah. Wrestle fling is brilliant. Obviously, dodging into cages on a 3++, and then potentially wrestling a ball carrier down. And he then is augmented by his pal, who's got another double skill and has got guard. Ah, so you can one dice wrestle the ball on a strength three. Yep. Yeah. And you don't see many guard flings. No, you don't. No, um, they, they are a few and far between. They're all sitting in some pub in the corner of the old yeah. world somewhere. Well, you know, I don't know, bouncing off each other in the corner and not playing blood balls usually. <laughs> but in, in the test games that I've played, the guard fling has been fantastic. Because yeah. if I want to cage up, then I can deploy the Venger bus, mm -hmm. which is like your normal cage, but you've got two players in the centre side by side. Um, Why is that called the Venger bus? Um, I don't know. It wasn't it. It wasn't it coined by one of the ECBBL fellas. Was it as the Venger bus? I think oh, so. I, I think they because they. they Yes, we were playing some of the guys from ECBL at UKTC last year. Um, and I think one of my teammates deployed the Venger bus and said, oh, oh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the Venger bus. Ah. And, and then one of their players said, well, actually, I'm, I'm the one that... Invented the Venger bus. Invented that. That was mine. Yeah. On, I think it, perhaps they were at a tournament in Holland. Okay. That, that would, would make sense. sense. That would make sense. Or maybe they're just very big fans of the Venger boys. Maybe they are. So... Who knows? I mean... Yeah. We we only give you facts here on Talk Muffles. <laughs> so concluding with who the hell knows is, yeah, is a perfectly reasonable... Yeah, but the, reasonable... the, guard, the guard fling next to the ball-carrying fling in a cage is making you far less appealing to, to blitz and to get into definitely, the cage. Definitely harder. With and trees on the other corners. Exactly. And yeah. if, you know, if Nuffle willing, if you've got all three trees in and around the ball-carrier as well, it's uh, not a very appealing place to stand. Then the final skill that I've got off the bat is a sprint fling. Ah, so you can get that speedy one-turn touchdown. Yeah, so he will stay benched until such time as he is required to be <coughs> flung. Okay. The star flinger. The star flinger. Um, or flingette. Because as we, as we know, flings with their movement five to one-turn touchdown with them is tricky. It is tricky, yeah. Because you need to rely on bounces in the right direction, or sorry, um, scatters in the right direction. If you just scatter sideways, do you still out range? You have you to scatter once it. in the right direction. I think it's once in the right direction, okay. and then use sprint. Okay. Because you throw six, yep. and then of course you can move five, that's 11. And then you need to get a bit more, don't you? Yeah. What is it, 13? Can you not throw further if you've got a strong arm? No, you just get plus one. So you get a two plus for the So, so the, the trees are more reliable throwers. But they still throw the same distance. Yeah, because of course the only thing you're seeking to avoid when you throw a teammate is a fumble. Yeah, absolutely. So even if you've got a tackle zone on you... Still two plus. Yeah. 
which is great. great. So yeah, so isn't so isn't the Blood Bowl pitch that you need movement thirteen to score? So if you're throwing six, that leaves seven left, and then move five. So you can get there. If you just scatter sideways without sprint, you can just. Yeah. But if you scatter backwards once or twice, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. So sprint there is is great. Then we move on to the skills that I'll take after game two before game three. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this one, we've taken sure feet on the sprint fling. So he's going to be super speedy. So for my last four games, I will have a sprint, sure feet, fling, reliably movement eight, ready to be flung. Awesome. And also ready to be used in whatever play dictates that I need a, a quicker fling. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a another sprint fling and a sure feet fling. Okay. Once again, it's all about increasing mobility, um, helping the flings to get to where they need to. Because I've always found it's a bit tricky trying to get them to the right places. Um, sprint, I'm always a bit uh, reluctant to take because it's just another dice roll that you can potentially fail when you might have no rerolls. That's true. Um, Sure feet is obviously great because it then allows you to be reliably movement seven in the case of the flings. And of course, when the flings get to these places, they become very useful players. Their downside is that they can't get there. Yeah. The fact that you can get them there is great. Absolutely. <laughs> and then after game four, before game five, the two final skills I'm taking are two more sure feet fling. Ah, so you're really going for the mobility fling roster? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because... Flings are great when they nip through cages or they nip through defences. Um, it'll also help them to recover the ball when I'm receiving, get more players around the ball, make it safe, um, and just make the team that much more mobile. I've considered things... Sidestep, um, things like considered that? Considered sidestep, um, and I know you're a fan for having a sidestep fling in the channels. Yeah. Try and get in the way a bit. But I, I don't know, I've, I've never found it to be overly useful. I've always found that when I've been hit, I've died. <laughs> That's true. I mean, if you're taking, I mean, with your build, if you take sidestep, you're assuming you're going to get hit. Whereas mm. <laughs> with the sprint your feet, you're hoping you're going to play well enough that your yeah. players aren't going to get hit. And, and I think, killed you, all I the think time. you've got to maximise one thing, and then try and make that a better. You know, if you try and do a little bit of everything. Yeah. I've yeah. seen a lot of halfling teams in tournaments, and they've just got a real random mixture of skills. Oh, he's got a dirty player, and he's got a sneaky kit, and he's got this and that. And they allow that thing to maybe do one extra thing, but they don't really improve the team that much, I don't think. So you've gone for a clear strategy of, yeah. let's get some speed and mobility and see if we can move around as quickly as we can. Yeah, and then real threat on the opposition ball carriers. Yeah, with the with the guard and the wrestle, guard wrestle buggy, and buggy. Yeah, all that. That's really good. And of course, the three big trees to beat people up. Absolutely. And then it's uh, obviously a chef as well. Yeah, obviously. Um, and keep everybody happy and well fed. Exactly. And then one reroll. Okay. So we'll be relying on the chef. To get you some rerolls. To get some rerolls. But then, of course, if I played a team like yours where you're a one reroll team. You're only going to get one reroll. You're only going to get one reroll. And leader's protected. Exactly. Leader is great for stopping chefs. Yeah, true. Not that really many teams need that much help. <laughs> I didn't, I have to say, I didn't build my team thinking I need thought, to stop the chef. He thought to myself, if I don't take a leader on a night, <laughs> some flings are going to come along and nick all my rerolls. <laughs> and I'm going to lose. And then yeah. Griff, who I'm not going to use them on anyway, won't be able to use them. No, I'm going to lie awake tonight thinking about that. It's gonna... yeah, you've, you've screwed the pooch on that one, haven't you? <laughs> I have, yeah, I have. Well, so that's good. That's, that's a good team. And do you, what's... Uh... What's the rest of your teammates taking? Are they taking stunty teams so we, like you? So we were meant to be the the 
DBL Dreamboats. So the sort of top dogs or the bottom? Top dogs okay. of the DBL, yeah. Okay. We've got last year's champion Rory in there. He was a very good high-off player. He is taking high-offs. Okay. Um, we've got uh, another one of the governors, a guy called Tom, who's played quite a few tournaments. Yeah, he came before. second at Warble. Yeah, and I think he's come second at Hard Six before, and he normally tends to do very well. Yeah, he does do well. And he's going to take his dwarfs. Oh, he is taking dwarves. I think he is taking dwarves. Yeah. He's otherwise an ogre player with the old Ogretonians. Mm -hmm. But on this occasion, the dwarves. Um, and then we've got Yogi. Okay. And I think Yogi might be taking Chaos. Okay. I mean, Chaos, as we went through, Chaos are tier 3, aren't they? Yeah. So Chaos are going to get that 1250 to start mm. with, which is a good mix of skills. And they can stack. Can they stack as much as they want? Is that what we decided? They get one. Everybody gets to stack one player. Okay. But they get as many doubles as they want. No, uh, maybe. Let's have a quick look again. Was it only tier four? I was trying to remember. It might only be tier four. I suspect it's tier four and tier three. But um, yeah, so we've got a bit of a motley crew. Dark Elves was supposed to be the team I was taking. Yeah. To make make us competitive and to see how well we could do. What happened with the Dark Elves? You get a bit bored or? Well, yeah, as, as we discussed before, the actual Dark Elf team has disappeared into the ether, didn't it? Um, in the back oh, well, of an how did that, how, oh, was it an ether? Been... I don't think I've heard this story. Can you tell it in detail? Because you, You've um, definitely heard it before. I don't think I have. You're an, <laughs> you're an outrage. <laughs> um, tier 3 are limited to one double skill during the tournament. Tier okay. 4 can have more than one double skill. Okay. Um, but yeah, so... But I, they can I, have a nice spread of skills. Which they certainly cool. can, yeah. yeah. But no, I, I tried to... I played another Dark Elf team, obviously, in the DBL this year. Tried to paint a new Dark Elf team and just didn't have the heart. Mm -hmm. and actually, I'm quite enjoying painting the halflings at the moment. They so. are looking really good. It's a really nice team. That um, What's it? The Chicken Devourers? The Chicken Devourers, yes. Mm. Which I, I understand were possibly designed by the guys that do the Two Drunk Flings podcast. Is that? Okay. That's what that's what Yogi seemed to think. Okay. And apparently... They're doing a fling for the World Cup. Yeah, and all the fling players get a free fling. How cool is that? It's fantastic. Freebie. It's I worth like, going there just for there's that. A, there's a, you know, already having been a halfling player for just a matter of weeks, mm. already far more solidarity and camaraderie among the, the halfling players than there ever were against the Dirty Dark Elves. Well, that's surprising, isn't it? Honestly. Good things are happening to you. Maybe you won't lose this one on an Uber. No, no, absolutely. It's a Notwithstanding how small they are. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Yeah, but I think... I'd be looking for a pretty even performance at the tournament. Mm. So if I can win as many as I lose, for example. Yeah, if you get a 3-3 three, three or even win two, lose four. Yeah. You know, it's just a, I think if you win two games, that's good. Mm. Winning two games. Because I took them obviously to hard six at the last one and they did of those. And they did quite well, didn't they? They're, yeah, we got a, a better record than um, of wins than losses. Lost, lost one, drew one, won two. That's good. Very good. That so four games. So yeah, and then in my last practice games, I played a dark elf team and drew one one with them, and beat a goblin team, both using the UKTC skill packs. That's very good. So um, maybe we should play a game with our UKTC teams. Yeah, that would be that would be good fun actually. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be good. We'll, um, we could tell the listeners how it goes, <laughs> how badly you humiliate me, exactly. or the other way around. Um, I suspect. The flings will be out for blood when it comes to Griff. <laughs> Do you reckon? <laughs> Just blitz him uphill, take him down, double power. Absolutely. Kill him. Yeah. Always, always blitz uphill. <laughs> Easy mode. Right, so that, that's our roundup on the, our UKTC teams and the UKTC, UKTC 
You've lost the ability punch. to speak, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to play football soon, so he's already thinking about that, that yeah. football field and getting his head in the zone. Already dreaming of that post-match pint, oh, yeah, which I'm going to deny myself because it's really it's January the 3rd. Oh, you doing January? I'm not, I'm not doing it, but like I'm just trying to like <laughs> to try to do like a few days. Trying to do a bit less. The thing is, though, didn't you drink on New Year's Eve after midnight? No, and I drank on New Year's Day. Yeah, because I went to the I went to the Arsenal. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> so, and I had so. sunk quite a few pints. So you're not going to have a pint tonight? Oh, I don't think so. Really? I might do. I think you should have one. And then a pint leads to a cigarette, and then. And then a cigarette leads to a pint, and oh, before you know it. So, so it's a nightmare, isn't it? Anyway, I think we shall take a quick break there, and uh, when we come back... For a few days. For a few days, yeah. <laughs> Who knows how <laughs> but, many days. But for the listeners' purposes, we're just, we're just gone a mere moment. Exactly, a mere moment, and we'll be back. And there'll be someone else in the room, probably. Don't quote me on that, but we might do a, an interview. We'll see. Anyway, we'll take a break there, and then uh, we'll come <laughs> back, and we'll talk about the DBL finals. Cannot wait. <laughs> Hello listeners, welcome back to the Talk Nuffle podcast. This is, as you can tell, a seamless transition. We're in the same studios as last time. You so can, incredibly seamless. You can hear that the atmospherics are identical to what they were. It seems to me like it's not that seamless. Oh, there's more people here. There's, there's new people on the podcast. Who are we joined with, Tom? Um, so I've got uh, Phil with me um, again, and I've been joined by James. How are you, James? Welcome to Hello, I am, um, yes, surprisingly well. Surprisingly well, because you've just played a semi-final in the DBR, haven't you? Absolutely, yes. Well, I mean, you don't, don't give any spoilers yet. Yeah, but was that a stressful experience playing in the DBL semi-final? It was an incredibly intense game. Okay. I had, a, I had a, like, Alex is an excellent opponent, so it was an enjoyable game. Yeah. It wasn't one of those games where you don't have fun. It was absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, it was very exciting. And very quickly, before we go into your team, what's it like to play? I've asked all the players to play in a DBL finals game. It's good, you know, it's, there's a lot of hype beforehand, it's constantly built up, and we go into it with a lot of excitement, and, you know, we do little things like have flags, and, you know, you, everybody's sort of crowding around, so there's a much bigger atmosphere than the usual games and the knockouts, so, yeah, it's absolutely massive. Um, how is your preparation for the final game? Have you had sleepless nights? Have you been doing some exercises? Have you been... Stretching beforehand? Eating healthy, perhaps? <laughs> no, I was doing Big some... pasta carb load last night, <laughs> ready to go. No, we, I was doing Doing some painting back at home. That was all, that was about it, really. Like um, I have to say, like um, at various stages in the knockouts, I would have you know taken a bit of time to go through more of a game plan, look at some you know like kickoff setups and things like that. But this time, I just sort of went into it just uh, this morning, thinking about it and thinking, oh, like, do I want to kick? Uh, what's my rough sort of game plan and yeah I just sort of went with that okay, cool. so, cause, yeah because we talked about this before about you decided to take the swift quicks yes so before we do that talk through your team sheet and then we'll talk about the swift right. twins and how that fits into it so very quickly just run through your team so my team without swift twins uh, going into this game I'd lost my blitzer uh, so this is a pro elf team so pro elf that's quite big so absolutely yeah. yeah pro elf blitzer with guard and dodge so it was my best player really but um so I've got another blitzer with dodge, tackle and frenzy. I've got a couple of wrestling linos, kick lino, uh, and then two uh, uh, two skilled catchers, one with uh, wrestle dodge, one with block dodge, and a sure hands uh, throw. Right, I really like the kick in there actually with the prowls. That's really good to be able to control where you're going to kick depending on the opponent. Absolutely, yeah. It was uh, it was quite important in the in the first half of this game, and then he got a bit killed. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. And how many elves on the roster? 
So uh, there were 11 before inducements, including two journeymen. Two journeymen? So you don't have a rough yeah. ride to the finals? Absolutely. My, my team well, is... Royals always have a rough ride. They, <laughs> they team, love a rough ride. We love it, yeah. My team's been absolutely mauled up until now. Uh, I've, I've recorded exactly how many firings and deaths I've had, and it's, it's 12 in total, including three positionals, I think. That's at least one per game. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a lot. It's more than a starting roster anyway. So. And, and who was it that killed your star blitzer? It was uh, the outgoing commissioner, Mark Hampson. Oh what race was he using? He was using Petonians and he killed him using a peasant. Ah, <laughs> a very fitting way for an ultimate. Of course. Did he shout glory for the peasants? <laughs> Essentially, for that, the lady. that elf got pitchforked. <laughs> Right, so you, you had 11 L's of senior two journeymen and you induced, as we've said, the Swift Twins. What was your thinking yeah. behind getting them in? Was it, I'll get an extra play? I thought, uh, we, do, we, do we do swearing on this podcast? Yeah. I thought, fuck it, essentially. Okay. Um, so you had no game plan? I, I, I thought, I mean, obviously, um, there were other options, like things like getting Eldrill and a wizard crossed my mind, but... Well, the wizard's not. I just we use the old style. Well, no, the new style wizarding. So it would have been a, actually not. It would have been like a fireball wizard, essentially. Yeah. So he's not quite as powerful. So I mean, that, that would factor into me as well. This a decent, a decent choice maybe against a necromantic team who like to cage you up a lot. Yeah. But I thought, you know, who who is even going to have the chance to play the Swift Twins as an elf team? Because you rarely get a, a TV difference as I have. So the TV difference was. 3.40, which is massive at this point. And how much does the Swift cost? 3.90, so I had to pay 50 to get them. And that, uh, giving my opponent 50 of inducements, and that did have quite a big impact, actually. Why, did he take a bait, did he? He took a dirty trick, and the, uh, the dirty trick was uh, whichever, I don't know the name of the card, but it was the one that turns a random player of yours into somebody that's got stab and dirty player. So it was at the point where it was 1-0, uh, it was my drive, and I was trying to get the ball up, uh, up the pitch. And was this 1-0 with you looking to equalise? Me looking to equalise, yeah. I managed to scab it eventually, but that's a different story. Um, and he, he basically managed to get a blodger down with stab. <laughs> so class, yeah, otherwise would be class really use. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does have quite a lot of tackling in this team. I mean, no, no, uh, it was at the point where I'd sort of switched flanks enough to, uh, to the extent where no tacklers were going to get involved. There were zombies available. Um, what position was it that had blodger? It was a catcher. Okay. So he was about to fuck Armor off. seven. So with a stab, that's about a 41% chance of uh, breaking armor. Yeah, I mean, it's decent. I mean... I can see how that made a difference. Better odds than hitting him if he's got much. Definitely. Yeah, it was, so, it was a great use of the card. So we're actually going to run through this, because I've recorded this out of sequence, we are actually going to run through this roster later in the podcast. Fantastic. Um, very quickly, just say, so um, so Alex does have a, a sort of quite, not an unstandard uh, um, necro team, I'd say, because he only has the one goal. Um, who does have plus one strength lodge, which, which makes a big difference. Very annoying. Um, but other than that, he has a standard two whites, two golems, two werewolves, with a mix of kind of blodge, tackle, guard. So the tackle, did the tackle come into play? Yes, more so uh, when I was trying to dodge guys out. Uh, they were very, especially towards the end, and I had no rerolls left. And he basically when you, would tackle players. And it, when I was, yeah, exactly. When I was trying to dodge out with, with uh, guys that had tackle. I definitely rolled some ones towards the end, so that was a bit punishing, yeah. But how many dodged players do you have on your roster? It's not that many, is it? So, uh, I think it's three, actually. Yeah, it's three. Uh, none of the, neither of the Swift Twins have dodge. They have, you know, loads of skills, but that's the one thing that they get uh, tripped up on, uh, especially if, if they've still got their loner condition. 
um, you know, for example, if the thrower is uh, as as, the, as Alex did, he ran his wolf up and based the thrower, you can't dodge out with much certainty because you've not got the reroll for it. You have to learner it. So that is one of their weaknesses. So what was your strategy going into this game, looking at, looking at those two rosters? Did, did you feel confident? How, how do you feel about it? I, I felt less than confident, I think, because my, my as we sort of said, uh, my team sort of limped its way to this point. Uh, getting to this point through the knockouts, I, my, my team was, I, I was kind of a little bit lucky with who I got drawn against. So it's, it's not been the hardest uh, way to the, to the semi-finals. Sure. Um, do you think that you, what you think the Pats, the misfit mascots, or the dwarves would be worse for your team? Yeah, probably. I, I think dwarves. So. Dwarves certainly like to beat up elves, don't they? Phil? Yeah, <laughs> they certainly do. There's, uh, there's Warhammer as a, a yeah, sight to behold. They are a sight to behold. But yeah, my, my, my basic strategy was to to go in. I got the, the choice to kick, so I did. Uh, Pretty much always do that when I know that I can. I, I'm, I'm possibly going to get outbashed. So I'll, uh, it's probably every game. Isn't it? Yeah, you know. It's getting... Have you ever outbashed anyone? I, I did. My, my round of 32 game was against another pro elf team, and I uh, decided to receive because I knew that I could you potentially like outbash him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, on occasion, I like to receive more. Okay. Are you offering? Well. Maybe, maybe later. Okay. Put me on the spot now. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. It's got a bit red, listeners. Um, what are we talking about? Receiving. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so my plan was to kick, to uh, try and not take as many. The wrong plan. Yeah, the wrong the plan. The wrong plan, as, uh, as one of the other members of our Elven Council is telling me. It wasn't the wrong plan, it was fine. This is uh, and actually, it worked out. It worked well. reasonably well, yeah. I managed to uh, keep my guys away from harm for the most part, just keep dodging them out, keeping the screen up. Eventually got to the point where uh, he had to sort of make uh, a run for it down one flank. Managed to do a bit of elf bullshit to get to the to the ball carrier at the end of the first half. Looked like you could have done with a leaper. Certainly, but I, I managed to get my uh, blood stepping uh, tackle Blitzer onto the ball carrier and he managed to get a pow to get him down. So that meant that the ball carrier pretty much could just get away without any trouble. So it was 1-0. So you managed to get through the, what the first half was 1-1, was it? No, no, the first half was his drive. Of and you stopped him? I nearly stopped him. He yeah, scored in the last turn because um, he got the power on the blitz on the sidestepping blitzer. So. And then you scored on your drive? I can't remember now. Actually, it ended up, ended up being one-one at the end of yeah uh, full time. Right? It was it was one-one in the full time. I think it was uh, yeah in the closing stages of the game. He managed. Yeah, I remember now. I uh, he sort of charged uh, Valen Swift, this is the special character thrower, uh, with the the wolf, had him based. I managed to blitz him off, but not to the extent where I broke armor, which meant, meant the thrower couldn't sit back anymore. So I had to advance him forward and uh, got a bit caught up, dodged the guy out to try and protect him, got snake eyes, and it meant that that wolf that had gone down uh, could get a double GFI one dice blitz and got him down. Fortunately, didn't surf him, but uh, the ball fell into the hands of one of my catchers, and from there, sort of managed to uh, work it to the other side of the pitch. Uh, he got stabbed, as we discussed before. Yay. And then I, I managed to eventually. I managed to. Uh, there were three tackles on the ball. I managed to block a guy onto the ball. No good. Managed to blitz a guy onto the ball. Better. Pick it up. Chuck it to another catcher. 
toughest board. So L four chip. Kind of. I mean, agility. If you might, if you mean agility four, yes. L four. I mean, listeners, as, you, as you've heard on the on the podcast previously, James doesn't know how to play bubble, so he does need agility four. In order yeah, it's it's a it's a real crutch for me. <laughs> and this is the famous James that we're talking about. Of course. Yes. Lovely to, uh, for you to invite me on, considering the amount of times you slated me in the first podcast. It's nice, nice to have a chance to defend oneself. Well, would you say, so James? Would you say that you can play bubble? I can play it. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Next question. <laughs> okay, can you play Blood Bowl well? Uh, yeah, okay. But you just lost a game. I just lost a game, but it was a pretty big game in the semi-finals. So. I dare say the recent evidence would seem to suggest you can probably play Blood Bowl better than you, Tom. Well, maybe. What, what, what stage of the DBL uh, knockout stage did you get to? But I didn't have an edge for I don't want ifs or buts, mate. Just say yes or just give me the answer. <laughs> I don't, I don't think we need to go into that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Next question. Um, so, James, it ended up being a draw at the end of extra time as well, didn't it? Yes. So, uh, was that fair result, do you think, after time? Robbed. Robbed. I mean, people are saying that I was robbed. I managed to get a, uh, a 2-1 score back. And uh, I scored in in the in the second quarter of the uh, extra time. And just just for our listeners as well, so the way we play extra time in the DBL is that we have two halves of four turns. Which I think is fairer. Yeah. So four turns, four turns, and it's the same order that you kicked or received them. So you, did you score? Did you turn? So he he, he did not score on his four. Okay. So and then I played two turns, and again it was he was pressuring my ball carrier. Had to go for the score. Fluffed it with a two up your rollable, two up your rollable, three and a two. But uh, through a bit of jiggery pokery after that, he failed to pick up the ball. I managed to blitz somebody onto the ball and a catcher managed to pick it up and run off with it. And then he managed to turn it back. He managed to get a two turner, yes. There was a little bit of luck involved in that because at this stage, you know, basically for the most of the uh, time, neither of us had any rerolls. So it was like if he fails a three up, it was game over, but he managed to get his dice, and he managed to, uh, I, I just sort of swamped his sort of cage. Now, it looked from the, my perspective that you defended a bit too shallow. Do you think that's probably fair to say, James? Yeah, I think my, I, I realised at that stage that my setup and my defence hadn't been ideal. Because I think your, first, your deepest player was maybe only four or five squares away from the line of scrimmage. And then, I think you got a bit, uh, a bit caught out with half of your teammate. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair to say. But there you go. But that was um, so that ended up two-two. So yeah, two-two with, with a little bit of a uh, little bit of blocking, and uh, that freed up the ghoul. He just had to he had to GFI once maybe, and that was it. Okay. So in penalty, so Phil, how do we do penalty? So if there is no winner after extra time, we move to penalties. Um, the only skills that contribute to penalties are kick, pro, and leader. Now to score a penalty, you roll two block dice. Yeah. And you need to not roll a single skull on either of the dice. If either of them shows a skull, then the penalty is missed. If you have, as I said before, leader, kick or pro, then you can roll the dice. And do team rerolls come to this well if you have them left over? Mm. Oh. Y yes. No. And no. No, because... <laughs> 
We did it like that last year, but I am fairly certain that we haven't done it this way this year. I mean, you made an error in the rules practice. I feel like that should be the case because it's unlikely you have any left. But if you have, if you've been able I mean, to, I mean, re rolls, re rolls in the fluff. They represent how well trained your team are. I know it's, it's a bit of a crazy guy screaming in the background. Um, we, uh, yeah, we play. There is a crazy guy. The, the fluff is that the team re rolls represent how well trained your team are. And part of how well your uh, well trained your team are is how well they can take penalties, kicks, yeah, I guess. I feel like that. So arguably, you should be able to take re rolls into penalties. Not that I had any to spare. Indeed. So going on, so essentially, it came down to a dice off, didn't it? And uh, Alex scored. Well, he scored I, I, all I, I, I fluffed my first two. Yeah. That was that. That was that. And you lost games, didn't you? Absolutely. And we have, since we've been talking about penalties, etc., I think we've almost seamlessly segued into the fact that James is taking over as one of the dual commissioners of the DVL for next season. Indeed, congratulations. Right. So we're saying Thank goodbye you. to the fabulous Mark Hampson, who I think we can all agree has done a fantastic job. 100%. I mean, was he commissioner last year? He was. So Mark has been commissioner now for the last three seasons. Well, maybe, maybe a bit before. That, that is a good there's, there's this mysterious force DVL 15. We have alluded to. It's largely expunged in the record. <laughs> But yeah, so this is uh, the commissioner's last season. James has taken over. With Along Lowe. with uh, Tom Hewitt, yeah. So, um, so you think, do you feel these are big shoes to fill James? Massive shoes. Like Mark has just been, he's just had a, such a good vision for the league and how it should work. Implementing, you know, lots of nice new features, putting so much effort in over the, over the last three years. He's just a really great guy, you know, just somebody that you go to with problems or, or tips that you want to or anything like that. So. Like a dad. Like a, like a DBL dad, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so some say that the commissioner himself gave birth to nothing. It's spoken of in whispers, yes. <laughs> I mean, who came first, the commissioner or Nuffle? It's a classic chicken in the egg question. Um, one, one question we'll never know the answer to. Uh, I, I agree with that. So, have you got any um, big plans for changes to the league change? Or are you going to largely keep the rumour that the Simians are going to be allowed in? There is a rumour, yeah. I've got a strong rumour that the Simians are going to be allowed in. I think uh, your sources are highly inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> We will uh, we will see what the NAF think and go with whatever ruling NAFs think uh, at this stage. That's to be honest, what you said before you said that you were going to have a base on it within the DBL, regardless of what the NAF said. I think now I you're going back on your statement. I don't think I said that personally. I, I think that that was strongly insinuated. From the, uh, <laughs> Disagree, but um, anyway, I, I do jest. We haven't actually fully decided the how we're going to decide or if we're even going to make it an option well, essentially, so, so what we've done what we do in the, I assume it's going to be the same in the previous season you can correct me if, if wrong but at the end of this season uh, as a player in the DBL I received a sort of 10 question questionnaire of how I and very, they're really good questionnaires very simple questions of, do you think that there was the right number of games you know do you think that the content because we get excellent content in the DBL with our in-house magazine the bulletin yes all that sort of thing and, and all of the all of the players got, got the option to so we check how we felt that went, and I assume that as commissioners, you're going to sit down and read all that. Absolutely, yeah. Tom and I are going to have a look. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Tom and I are going to have a look this week. We've had a lot of respondents, which is really nice, and uh, yeah, generally ignore most of it, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> just do, just do a benign dictatorship. Well, I say benign, aggressive dictatorship, and do whatever you want. <laughs> just present your neck for me, and I will step on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, 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 Sorry, we're just moving on from that. Um, so DBL 19, of course, is going to be on the horizon later this year. Yes. Um, June. -ish. 
June-ish, could be. August, I think, is traditionally when it starts. Traditionally, the commissioner himself doesn't June, know. June is sign up, maybe, yeah. yeah. What team are you going to take? I know 100% what team I'm going to take, because I have ordered the Grievo Chaos team, the uh, Chaos Chosen, so I'm taking that one. So not Elves? Not Elves. Uh, I think, I mean, part, a little bit of that is because I am commissioner and I don't want to take such a gamey team this year. So we can expect not to see you anywhere near the finals, of course. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. And are you going to UKTC? Yes. Oh yes. What are you taking to that? Are you taking out together? So I am uh, team captain of DBL Legends, which is one of the four. Is it four teams? We're taking yeah. four teams. Yeah. So we're. I think essentially we're the sort of B team. I think you'd say. Um, I am taking Pro Elves for that. They're my sort of tournament favourite and my you know team this season. Uh, we've also got some humans, Nurgle and Necromantic. Take them swift hints or are you... No star players. No I, star I, I went to a, a tournament recently with uh, Eldrill and I just he got targeted too much and I didn't quite get the use out of him. He's a point single, 200 points. So, you know, I think I'll just stick with regular catchers. I think that's often the danger with those type of star players. They have a big target on them. Yeah. If they don't perform, then it's a lot of points gone to waste. And I've heard rumours of a vampire team with uh, Count in it as well. I have, yeah. Ne Nico ah, ah, ah. is um, taking One would presume that you just target him and you take him out pretty quick. But how do you take out a sidestepping straight five block as four player? It's not that easy. With difficulty. It's not that easy. Uh, you mark him when you fail a dodge and you file him in the floor. Yeah, but... <laughs> or, or he just punches you in the face with his mighty blow and takes you off. Like, why is he going to dodge away? He doesn't have mighty blow. He doesn't. He does. Is the count with mighty blow? The count I has blocked mighty blow sidestep. Uh, yeah. My knowledge uh, of the subject is very limited. I think he, used to, he used to be blodge as well, but they, they replaced dodge for sidestep. So he used to be blodge mighty blow. So is this weekend at UKTC going to be the swan song for your kind of elf union period of your blood bowl career? I don't think so. I think I, I really enjoy taking them at uh, tour. Uh, I've, I've just started playing Dark Elves as well. I'm such an elf fanboy, I should say. Uh, but Dark Elves are very, very good, but sometimes you'll get a really nice setup for tier two teams and pro elves are my bread and butter, so I think I'll take them again at some point. And rumour has it that you've actually uh, had some success in tournaments with your elves before, is that right? Yeah, so I, I won uh, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 4. You did? No, now, that's now the one all... you couldn't remember, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, that is the one I couldn't remember. I didn't, I didn't know if that was a Super Bowl that actually ever existed. You, you, you lost to me. You came second place, I believe. Did I? You were, sec you were second best to me. That was the situation. Probably, probably wipe that trauma from your memory. I think we should move on to the final question that I have for you, which is: Are you going to finish painting the whole thing? This, this, ladies and gentlemen, this is an obvious trolling question because my team's fully painted to a decent standard. You see, James, I always thought that Morg was an ogre, but it turns out he's just a troll. He is indeed a troll. I jest. The Falcons are a lovely painter team, and they were in fact nominated. For Thank the you, Morg. Um, the best painted uh, DVR. Your winner. team should have got up. I like the uh, all, the all stars, the other all stars. Thank you very much. They're very nice. Right, I think, gentlemen, we can probably call it there. Okay. Anything more to add at this stage? No, just just that I've noticed that when we record this podcast, it seems to be in 4-4 tempo in the key of C major. Does it? Does that mean that I'm high pitch or low pitch? <laughs> On garage bands. <laughs> right, listeners, we'll take a quick break here and then afterwards we'll come back and talk to the other semi-finalist, Yogi. Thank you. Lovely. <laughs> Oh, 
Okay, Yogi. So, so as I said, we're we're at the Dragon Ball League semi-finals at the moment. We talk muffled, and um, they the second semi-final is still going on. But Yogi, you were playing Paul, weren't you? So Yogi's just played Paul, who had dwarves. And first, we're going to talk about. So Yogi, going into this game, could you quickly run us through uh, what your team is and what sort of skills you have and stuff? Uh, my team is the Misfit Mascots. Uh, I pride myself on the team. They're a very strong team. They are uh, obviously the best. Chaos packed, right? They are. They are chaos packed or chaos renegades, depending on. Uh, uh, what what area you started playing Blood Bowl in. Okay, and what build do you have at the moment? So do you have three big guys? So all three big guys, all of them are rock guards. Um, the uh, Ogre and Troll have got to stand firm. Okay. Break tackle on the Ogre as well and Juggernaut on the Minotaur. Yeah. So pretty flexible in what they can do. Do you have any claw mighty bow pieces? You haven't rolled any doubles. Do you know, the big I only guys? had one claw. No, no, I didn't get any luck with any doubles on the big guys. But I had one claw marauder. Uh, uh, one just claw, no mighty blow. No mighty blow, that was his okay. next skill. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I think you were talking about that. You've been going through the whole season like, no doubles on any of the... I mean, stand firm guard is a strong combo, isn't it? Was that good generally over the league? Uh, generally over the league, it went, it went very, very well, yeah, yeah. Good. And then Paul had basically dwarves with chocker block with guard and mighty blow, wasn't it? That's his team, uh, essentially. A, yeah, he had a <laughs> tiny bit of stand firm in there as well. Oh, did he? Okay. So, uh, I mean, he had just the standard dwarf build where you're just trying to get all of the batchy skills, wasn't it? So going into this game, what was your strategy? strategy going to be, Yogi? Or how were you going to approach it? Did you, did you feel confident? Um, well, of course. Uh, <laughs> you thought you were going to win? You going to smash well, him? Of course. I mean, you know, as I said, we're, 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 the best, we're the best clean team in one end. Um, I mean, they outsourced the stadium to uh, to the winter 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 gardens with the howling winds. I mean, it's a complete farce to cheat. <laughs> Uh, cheating dwarf. Everyone knows that dwarves are cheats. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I mean, standard, standard tactics would pretty much outmaneuver them. Uh, hope that he would overcommit, which he did. Uh, okay, so in the first half, I was kind of watching him before. He did get get stuck in and overcommit, and you kind of had him where you wanted him. At one point. Yeah. Because um, you, you, so you drove first, didn't you? You had the first drive, and I, you got up the sidelines. I did. I did, and. Uh, you know, the, the uh, cowardly dwarves uh, attacked hard. They were bringing players down left, right, and centre. Yeah. I had quite a lot of uh, bad luck to begin with. Uh, every turn in the first half was a turnover. Oh, I rolled five, five. Yeah, for me, I rolled five double skulls and numerous Average both downs <laughs> Average and single skulls. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the worst bit was there was a double skull on the dark elf, wasn't there? Yeah. Was so the I got time. myself around the sideline. He managed to get a, a tackle zone on him. And uh, my Dark Elf's got horns, so when I went to Blitz, his uh, uh, Slayer off. Strength 4 Blitz, yeah. It would Strength 4 Blitz, I double skulled that as well, which I would have basically outrun him if I had a push, or even if I'd rolled both down, both down, and had the opportunity to dodge out. Um, the Troll Slayer also had a tackle zone on him from the Ogre. Okay. So it was quite a nice position at that point in time. You know, anything but a double skulls basically would have put me in a fairly, good place. Yeah. fairly reasonable place. So that's a shame. So you ended, so he ended up turning over in the first half, and then he, with some more bad luck from your side, managed to score, didn't he, on your drive, essentially? And yeah, so, yeah, he so did half -time one so many goes for it, was it? He, managed to, he managed to, like, a champion. Well, as we know, Paul is, I mean, I played Paul in the uh, round, I can't remember which round it was, one of the first rounds in the knockout stages, and he, he pulled off an excellent dwarf passing play with GFIs to score against me, so I fully well know, we all know about Paul's dark sort of elfishness with his dwarves. It's a bit of a nightmare. Uh, so, half-time, 1-0, second half, 
I thought like you could try and turn it over still had players at that time second half second oh no no I still had 14 okay uh, his opening block carried a player his second block killed a player excellent um, and then he stunned a player as well. And at this stage, you were like, going to plan, definitely going to turn him over. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's still okay. I mean, he managed to manoeuvre in. He, he uh, left me with a few opportunities to get the ball carrier and kind of uh, misplaced his ball carrier. So I was literally able to stand up and blitz him at a few points. I mean... So you had some opportunities. I had opportunities, but uh, regrettably... Uh, you know, Paul obviously spoke to the officials before the game and uh, bribed them <laughs> because... Because uh, he's a damn dirty dwarf. Absolutely. I mean, conservatives. I mean, what can we say? <laughs> Sticking with this Donald Trump uh, persona all the way through. Excellent. Absolutely. Great. So he ended up, so he ended up um, getting 2-0, didn't he? And you had a, didn't you have a chance to get a one-turner? I did. And it was just more absolute uh, kafifi. Uh, my... Uh, <laughs> The, uh, I managed to pick up with my Skaven. Uh, animosity worked, handed off to the Goblin. Excellent. Uh, the Ogre didn't bonehead, moved forward a square and passed the Goblin, who landed. But in the landing phase, he scattered back twice, so I had to go for it two times to get the uh, touchdown in. Oh, don't tell me the dreaded tripwire caught the you out. The dreaded tripwire. You know, once again, these absolute fiends, these dwarves, they clearly have the Blood Bowl administration <laughs> like under their thumb paying their them off. Pocket. Yeah. So I sense you don't like dwarves here, is, is that fair to say? Well, After this? you know, I, I don't mind dwarves as such, just uh, as long as they stay in their own country. That's fair enough. And actually behind a big wall. Yeah. Behind a big wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So so ended up, did it end up 2-0 or did you get another touchdown? Was it, it, it did end up 2-0 in, in the end. up 2-0 in the end. So Paul's, uh, Paul's through to the final, which is great for Paul, but a commiserations to Yogi. Um, and the second semi-final between uh, James with the Falcons and Alex. What's Alex's team called? Uh, the funk All Stars. The Funk All Stars with the Necros. That's still going on, so we'll be able to bring you some uh, some details of that later on. But just so, just to round up, Yogi, I mean, you and I both come from the ECBBL this season, first season of the DBL. What's your sort of thoughts about the DBL compared to well, compared to ECBBL and other Blood Bowl League? Have you enjoyed it? Like good points, bad points? Um, they're really friend friendly bunch. Uh, yeah. That is definitely one of the things I have to first off say. Um, I wouldn't say they take. Blood Bowl, I would say it's social and Blood Bowl, it's not all about Blood Bowl, so there's a great community spirit of trying to drink, have fun, make everyone feel welcome, you know, often during games days we all sit together, we don't just play Blood Bowl, we end up bringing out other board games too, which kind of really helps it feel like a community and a friendship, more than just like, you're strolling in, playing the game and going home, so it's, uh, it's a really phenomenal group of uh, coaches. Right, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with you. It's really social, isn't it? You've, I felt welcome day one, like coming in. I'm not saying the ECBBL was any different, but ECBBL is more more competitive, would you say? Would you say ECBBL is more competitive or not? Yeah, I'd definitely say so. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I definitely went from uh, my first opening team was uh, Dwarves, funnily enough. And uh, I would always choose uh, Hail Mary Pass on a runner as my first skill. <laughs> and I would play an elf game with dwarves. Oh, how did that go for you? I didn't win many games, but I still enjoyed Blood Bowl a lot. Like a fun, yeah. And, uh, you know, I got a tremendous amount of coaching and time with the uh, ECBL guys, you know, helping me out to become a much stronger coach. That's what I'd say. I'd, I'd say you learn a lot, don't you? Yeah, it's absolutely. That they how to play the game competitively. Absolutely. And, and the good points, bad points. Oh! I think there's been a touchdown somewhere. <laughs> right. 
Okay, uh, Yogi, thanks for coming on. Have you enjoyed coming on Talk Muffle? Oh, very much so. I hope to uh, return sometime. Good. Although, have you got any questions about York as well? Oh, I was going to say, actually, yeah, because obviously the earlier part of the Talk Muffle episode was about the UKTC, which uh, Phil and I talked about earlier on. But Yogi is also coming to the UKTC. What are you taking to the UKTC? Uh, I'm going to be taking Chaos with me this year. Oh, great. Chaos chosen. Uh, indeed, well, indeed. Run us through your team very quickly. So, uh, I've gone bare bones. I've got bare 11 players. I start with a block minor draw. Yep. Uh, four warriors, two of which have block. Right. Uh, and the other two get block on game five. Yeah, so they'll get it at the end. They'll second, get it at the second, end. Second lot of packers. Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about it earlier on about the, how the packers work. So, great. Uh, and then uh, for the beastmen, I've got um, six beastmen, one of which starts with tackle, another with wrestle, a sure hands player, and a mighty blow beastman. Great. Then on game uh, three, three, I so also yeah. get a guard beastman. And I double up the skill on the Mighty Blow player to give him Claw as well. So you got that, that yeah, Claw Mighty Blow guy, but no block. So he's got the unreliability of going down. But if he hits people, they're going to die. That's the hope. He's very much my, my hunter killer with the horns. You know, I'll probably end up blitzing with him and then trying to reliably block through the minor tool. Him having block. Um, and then I've got two re-rolls, cheerleader and assistant coach and an Apo just as essentially a 12th man. Awesome. Do you think Chaos were in the right tier for the UKTC? Um, it's kind of hard to say. I don't particularly feel like they would have been very competitive as a tier 2 team. Yeah. Um, but certainly as a tier 3 team, I do believe they're quite strong because you can kind of tick off a lot of boxes, you know, starting off with... I think it's seven skills, including a double, opposed to a tier one team that at most will get three. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, a, it's a strong start. Then it tapers a bit in the later games where it'll get a bit more harder. So you think it's you think it's kind of more balanced with the stronger tier one teams earlier, and then you feel like they might catch up later on when the, the Dark Elves and the Wood Elves, etc., get Absolutely. more skills? They can yeah, yeah, I, I believe that'll be the case. But I think they'll be off to a very, very strong start, highly competitive, especially in the first two rounds uh, in terms of when you get the skills. And the third, I think they'll balance out a bit more. Okay. Well, I'm interested to see how it goes, and maybe we'll have a chat with you afterwards and see. see how are you in the, the DBL kind of? I can't remember they called the All Stars. Uh, the Dreamboats. With Phil, the Dreamboats. Yeah, 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 with the Dreamboats. So, so Phil's taking his flings with the Chaos and High Elves. Um, Roy's taking uh, Piles. Isn't he? We've got dwarves. And dwarves, dwarves as well. Dwarves. So Phil's basically the chump. <laughs> well, going to you know, I mean, I mean, Phil's going to try and keep us on an even, even level. Some arenas are tiny, but it's it's a great tactic for the team. And really. also, if you get to the tiebreaker, he's got the tier four team, so that that does help, doesn't it? The UKTC. We didn't talk earlier on, but when yeah, there's a there's a you get extra points if you've got tier four and tier three teams. If you're on a if you're equally with another team, so that is a tiebreaker. Well, that can help as well. Yeah. So a straight tier one team team. I don't know exactly how it's pointed, but if there was four tier one team teams against a team like you, where you've got a mix, you would be placed higher than them if you were level on points. That's like the first tiebreaker. So it's good to take tier three and tier fifteen. Right. Um, I think we'll call it there, Yogi. Thank you very much for coming on. We'll Thank you very much for having me. That's no problem. We'll take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and talk to another player. Sada. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome back to the Talk Metal podcast. Uh, obviously, previously you heard Yogi talking about his experiences in uh, the semi final. I've now got Rory with me from the DBL, who was last year's finalist, weren't you, Rory? Yeah, hello, listeners. How's everyone going? Thanks for yeah. coming on. Yeah, it's all right, man. Like I say, finalist last year, it's, it's a great day. Do you know that? Like, 
you know, before anything where you stuff could happen, yeah. like good stuff could happen, you always get like that nervous apprehension. I call like it a tingly sense. Yeah, well, I call it like derby day tension, right? You okay. know, like you know, I'm a Sunderland fan, so you're with Sunderland playing Newcastle. You wake up in the morning and you feel sick in the pit of your yeah. stomach. That's what finals day is. It's a little bit like that. You know, you wake up, you're like, leave with you guys if a werewolf pick up. Would you by any chance you? Uh, no. No, no. Wilhelm Cheney. No. Oh. Uh, as the listeners may have heard, the, the werewolf player who's playing in the has just come over and interrupted the podcast. To ask if there's a werewolf player. Um, I do have, um, I mean, I've got like a skate, I've got a skating player. Yeah, and uh, Yogi's got his guys as well, so. So we have got some players. Anyway, sorry for that, listeners. I probably should cut this out, but I won't because I think it's good listening. It's good insight as well, because you will know that actually we were the first people to realise that Wilhelm Tony's likely to make an appearance. Oh, oh absolutely. Spoiler Wonderful right. insight, right? You know, so. Paul, come over and talk for a minute. We're just talking on the on the podcast, and I'll be talking to Rory. He's had to be taken away for a judge's decision. Is it a governor's meeting? Exactly. So you're through to the final, Paul. How are you feeling about playing the All Stars? Nervous. Yeah, very nervous. nervous. So you've got uh, so Paul is playing the Warhammers, which is a dwarf team, chocker block with mighty blowguard, all that good stuff, and the All Stars are necros. How are you going to? Would you prefer to have the elves, the falcons? Um, now it's over, I think I'd, I'll admit, yeah, I would have. They've got a whole load of armor seven, and we've got six mighty low players, seven guard players. I think we could have done the same as we did to Phil in the, in the court just final. Kill just, kill. just kill, just kill. Uh, it might be harder to kill Necro, but uh, we'll try our best. Okay. Um, so you, you won't have the excuse again, because actually uh, Alex just came over and asked us. Alex is probably planning to say Wilhelm Chaney, which you probably heard. How do you feel about that? He did. I'm I'm going to be honest, I don't really know how good he is, so I feel fine with that. Um, so Wilhelm Chaney, he's essentially a strength for werewolf with wrestle and catch. So he's quite good at sacking, and yeah, he's, he's obviously very mobile, and the strength for makes him good. Does that change your opinion? Of I'll run over him with a death row. Oh, yeah. He will be roadkill. I think strength, strength seven on death row, that is higher than strength four, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's quite a bit <laughs> I'm going to cut those guard players, it might be three dice. <laughs> Should be easy. Three dice roadkill. So what's your, so what's your you're going to go for the grind, going to try and wear him down, get him I mean, off early. He, he stood over there, so he can't hear me. Dream World, I receive, grind through the first half, take as many of his players off as I can, and then defend against uh, depleted sides of the ideal in the second half. Okay, so you're going to try and, ideally, if you win the toss, you're going to go to... I receive. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. And then try and hold them out and see how long you can do. Yeah, I've got a bribe as well, so I can keep the death roller hopefully going for a second drive. And yeah, you just got to see how it goes, really. Absolutely. Is this your first final? This is my second. The second final. Second final. What's it like to play a final? Nerve-wracking. Is it? It really is. Stressful. It really is. <laughs> like I was just speaking to Mike, one of the other competitors. I'm a grown-up and a professional. I've got children. But yeah, you're a teacher, aren't you? I'm a teacher. I'm a deputy head of a school. You just had yet a child. You've got two children. I've got two children. Yet still, this is the most nerve-wracking thing I do. I don't quite know how that... Ofsted, no chance. It's this. It's you're worried this. about that double star. That is the thing that terrifies me. Absolutely. Like, I genuinely get a bit shaky. He's a nerd for this. But, yeah, it's fun. And I, you know, 
I am honoured to be here for the second time to have a shot at the DVR. It's a proud trophy. I'm very glad to hear it, Paul. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. I'm actually, um, actually going to let Paul go now, and uh, we'll get Rory back on and continue talking. Cheers. Good luck, Paul, for the final. Cheers. Go and get him. So, listeners, uh, Rory has just come back. He's just been off to give uh, some sort of some sort of refing governor's decision. Yeah, there was there was, a, there was something of contention that needed to be sorted out. Unfortunately, I cannot tell you. But, but <laughs> it's it is very secretive. Well, it was kind of like. It's actually quite good, right? You know, there's a, it's to do with our painting competition. We just had to clarify a couple of the rules. And, uh, and I think we've come to the right conclusion. So, um, Excellent. Yeah. Um, so where were we? We were talking yeah. about finals day. We yeah. were talking about finals day. And uh, we actually, so I was just talking to Paul when you were off, and he's saying this is his second final. He is the first person to be at the finals day twice. So we've had 12 people. And of those 12, 11 different countries. Really? Paul was the first person to come back to finals. And he was actually... Uh, results of the painting competition. Oh, excellent, we can hear this live. Let's hear the painting competition live. Let's hear it. Go. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, the results of the painting competition were incredibly close. It really brought down to why you guys are close today. So there were three teams that were in it. Um, basically towards the end. In third place, we've got Yogi's Misfit Mascots. And then joint first place, oh. we've got Jimbo's Thermopylae Thunder BBFC oh, and <laughs> Mike Rathboner's Mockingbird! Oh. Like last year, was, yeah. it was a two-horse race, but neither were up to the high standard they were this year. You know, like, I mean, the Mockingbirds are beautiful. The Mockingbirds are beautiful. My nomination. Yogi's mascots were stunning. Yeah. 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 Really, really nice. And uh, and Jimbo, who finished second last year by one point, this year he's crawled his way up by an extra point of tie for first. So Phil and I were talking about this the other day. We, we still maintain that it's because he didn't drink in last year's final. But all the luck has left him. When it comes to Blood Bowl, you've always got to have a beer in hand. Exactly. That's the only way. Yeah, cheers. There we go. Yeah, so anyway, where we were. The first returning person to finals there. Which in itself is an incredible achievement. Over the course of three seasons, first returning finals. And he played in the finals. So I was just saying, before you came back on air, I was talking to Paul about that feeling. And he was saying that he's a professional, he's got two kids, but Blood Bowl finals, DBL finals, is one of the most stressful things in his life. I can completely believe Like I said, it's that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. When you sit there, you wake up and you're like, so, so, who did you beat in the final last year? So, last year I, was, uh, I played. So, finals day is two games, so a lot of people won't know that. Yeah. And the first game I played up against. We've also got a little bit of a surprise I was lucky um, enough to play so incredibly as a playoff team. Yeah. I was playing a Kimberley team in the semi so, uh, in the semi finals. That's so good. I mean, that's just yeah. nothing. Like a, a gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right? and, then, and, then, and then on the other side was Slam against Unbed, and I thought, so, uh, alright, okay, lucky face the Unbed. The Slam came through. The power of the Black Gobbo, he was throwing bombs everywhere, yeah, and the leaps wow. were all coming off. Right. 
And, uh, and yes, yeah, so I played Slan in the final. Jerome Slan last year. And, uh, it was a tight game. Like, uh, I, was, I want to say 4 3. Wow. Yeah, it was. Fun game. Yeah, I mean, it was just. Lots and lots of touchdowns. A lot of. You can imagine this Slan. Just loads of nonsense. You know? no, but he wasn't the only one pulling up nonsense. A lot of hashtag elf bullshit. Oh, really? Elf bullshit? Yeah, you fucking love elf bullshit. Who hates elf bullshit? It's interesting because it's a long game. Like, it's a thinking game. You know? like, yeah. And regardless of whether you know, you're playing, oh, you're a like, gift or whatever, you know, it's still good. You know, you're there for a long amount of time. Alex, uh, Alex will have now played, been playing blah blah for what? We started about three. It's quarter past seven. Wow. So he's been playing for four hours already. Four hours of blood bowl. And the final hasn't even kicked off. And he does look a bro- I can see from here, he does look a slightly broken man. It's like he's got the shakes. Well, he's got the shakes. At the end of the game, you're watching him put his models down and his hands are going off. But, like, you understand, like, imagine playing for the first six months in a tournament. You don't get many six month tournaments in blood And it's all on the line in a one game. One dice roll. Imagine, imagine your well, whole the last James six months. Was, I mean, in that last game, James was so close. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, and that's that's the media blood ball, right? You know, and like I'm already I'm getting tingles yeah. thinking about it, you know. You know, we've all you know, done well in tournaments, you know, you recently won a tournament. I did. And a one one day tournament, right? Okay. Like, I mean, at no point were you sitting there going, Oh my god, this is it, this is it, this is six months worth of yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in a league league play it is like that. Yeah. But a tournament because actually I could yeah, we could really relate to that, because that, that tournament. I went to the event. Well, I, I never go to events to I go to events to have fun. Ooh. But I'm always ready to take advantage yes. of good yeah. luck. Yeah. And, and this was a three-game event, which meant that you know there's not many game points. The tiebreakers yeah. were really important. Yeah. So I played the first game, won it narrowly, and then literally when I got drawn against Goblins for the yeah. second game, you thought, I'm in. I thought I'm in. Yeah, I, could, I could win this. And at that point, I was like, oh my god. But that was like a one-day thing. Like, yeah. Within hours, I might win. Whereas in the DVR, I got months and months. The whole Christmas and New Year's period, right? all of the quarterfinals were done before Christmas and New Year. Yeah, yeah. And like, there was no way it's not on people's minds. I'm not saying it's constantly on the yeah. right? You know, I mean, Paul has had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people have travelled all up and down the country, yeah, yeah. some family. But there's always that odd moment when you're just sitting around, you know, opening up the most recent present, and then it comes to you like, finals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's coming. Well, Phil and I were talking about that. Everybody wants to play at final. You want to be that You want to be that player. If you have a look how many people have got here 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 20 people. 20. And the league was what, 50? Nearly half the league. Yeah, 20. And the league was what, 50? Nearly half the league. Yeah, 20. And the league was what, but the finals are about to kick off. That's exactly. what it's all about. Well, Rory, shall we? T- it is kicking off in front of our eyes right now. So, shall we have a quick run through? Let's run through the team and then we'll talk yep. about what we think is going to happen. Yeah, of course. So, uh, do you want to just run through the Funk All Stars team? Yeah. First? yeah. You didn't get any skill ups in the same so he Didn't get any skill ups. That's interesting. But no injuries. <laughs> yes, which is, which is really key. And he did have a, uh, I believe he had a wolf that uh, got injured as well. But he regen. Been regen right at the end, didn't he? So, yeah, I mean, this, this, is, a well, this is a well built team, right? No, he's uh, he's got the the strength boost on the ghoul, which is lovely. Right? It's just it's just nice. The ball carrier, the strength four, you know, it's great. But what, what's interesting about uh, Alex's team is that only one ghoul. 
No, um, but like lots of skills on the guys, you know, he's got, I think every single positional has got at least two skills, except for one golem who's only got guard. Everyone else has got, so you've got one, two, three blodgers. So he's spread it out. Yeah. yeah. So, so very quickly, so he's got the two werewolves, they're both blodging. One's got tackle. And one's got tackle, so he'll be the one who'll be using to Yeah, he's a blitzer, right? Uh, and then he's got two golems, uh, both with guard and one with block. Yep. Uh, he's got two whites, both with guard, one's got white, one's got tackle. Yep. So he's spreading that tackle out. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as you've said, the strength four ghoul, yep. who's also blodging and has short hands. Sure hand, yeah. So he's clearly the ball carrier. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> look, interestingly, tackles, let's wait for useful in the final against Gould, right? So that's oh, actually that's technically wasted to a beat, right? So he's right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Best point by mine. And then he's got a selection zombie. So he's got a one with block, two a day player, and then someone else. How big's his team? So he's got 14 players. He's got 14 players. And you don't forget, he's taken a lot of training as well. So ah. another strength four player. So he's got the two strength four. Yeah, yeah so he's, got, he's got three movement eight guys, which is, against Gould, could be huge. That could be huge. Let's talk through uh, Paul's team very quickly, and then we can talk about the two teams together. So Paul has got... What I would say is the sort of quintessential grinding towards oh, Mighty Blue, God, Mighty Blue, God. Interestingly, he's got like some stand firm, good against all the frenzy. That is good. Yeah, you know? that's good he's point. obviously he's got a lot of dauntless as well. What I love is he's given he's already got dauntless on two uh, on two of his translates, and he's given it to a to a blocker as well. So wow. all of a sudden, Cheney, Gollum, Gollum, Ghoul, he's got three dauntless players. It gives him a chance to lay a bit of the smackdown with the guard as well. Exactly right. You know, so uh, he's literally got so Paul has got six blockers. Uh, one's got guard. One's got mighty blow dauntless, as you yep. said, which I, I like that actually. Uh, and then there's another one with guard and mighty blow. One with mighty blow and kick. So he's yeah, like, very useful. Uh, no, no, so no, no, no kick, kick which, which is interesting, isn't it? Because I, 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 I find thought kick, you would have taken it. And yeah. I find kick is a really useful skill. Like any any team can make use of it. I mean, one of those one of those zombies should have kick. In my oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Anyway, so back to uh, Paul's team. He's got those six blockers. He's got two troll slaves. One's got mighty blow and stand firm, as we were saying, which is yes. going to get yeah. uh, And he's got a guard blitzer, a mighty blow guard blitzer, and then a guard runner. A oh, block guard runner, sorry. Block guard guard. And then block. Kick off for its return and leader. So that's two built in rerolls. Should have go to penalties. Interesting. Well, that is true. Oh, so he's he the only one with uh, an extra reroll? I don't think the Necro have it at all. No, they, no, they don't. No, they've got well, they've got three rerolls on Necro, two, three rerolls on Necro. And they haven't got anything for the penalty. Yeah. If it does go to penalty, then I would edge it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. looking at these two, it's it's hard to pick apart because the dwarves are so well. Yeah. Well, so since we were talking before the game, before the semi-finals, we were saying that Yogi's probably a better player than Paul. But Paul's built his team in a way that he knows how that's going to perform, right? He knows what that team does. It's going to get in your face, it's going to tie you up, you're going to really struggle to get two dice blocks, and all it takes is one failed one dice block, and all of a sudden, he's going to capitalize. And I feel that like there's more strength four on this team, but don't forget, the Pats have got four, four strength four more players, I think he had a, a stat for someone, and the three big guys. So he's well positioned to deal with the higher strength. It's going to be an interesting game. The claw is going to be a factor. Right? He's got three yeah, claw pieces, you know, and, that, and, and all through all through the season. Yeah, Alex has been rolling well. Oh, I right? tell you what, he basically just killed um, Phil's team. He, he killed straight up. He killed my team. Right? He, he killed your team. Absolutely, didn't even need the claw. Didn't even need the claw. I think the other key issue could be is how the game played. So in the semi-final, he had a player sent off early when fouling. Now, anyone who's played a 
a regular foul and knows that early sending off changes the way that they play. And it makes you worry about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes you think, oh, can I afford to lose a second player now? Yeah, so, so I think in the interest of safety, early on, I suspect it will probably be fouled again every time. I think as a player sent off, and then it's not thinking, is it worth it? Thick scholar to go means more dwarves are going to stay on the pitch. I suspect it's going to be a... I suspect it's going to be a bit of a cluster fuck at some point. You know, there's going to be <laughs> the classic, you know, the classic but, dwarf But yeah, and who does that? Who is that going to benefit? Because you know, if the ball pops out the wrong side, then the necro and the speed just run away, and, and that's it. And the, yep. the, the dwarves can't catch up. But Correct. if they can keep it in the tackle zone, yep. stuck into that melee, that's that's what dwarves want. They just want to fog it down, stop you scoring, and then on their drive, they're just, it's just that constant fucking two turn, two two squares every turn, right? Think about it. Hey, you've got eight turns. As long as you've got two squares every single turn, you're going to score, right? You know? I mean, and interestingly, both, both coaches here are going to go for a 2 one. No one, no one here is you know, thinking, oh, you know, I'm just going to you know, I'm gonna score early and then turn them over. There's no else, you know? So, uh, this should be interesting. So, uh, so I'm going to pick the spot now, Rory, before we go. Yes. He's going to win. Uh, <laughs> you know, this, I, I suspect this will be the final all along. So, beforehand, I turned around and I said, I expect this to be the final yeah. Paul against uh, Paul I think we spoke about ourselves. Yeah, and, uh, and again, you know, I think it's, uh, Paul's team's really well built. Alex has been a really good coach. Do you think it's Paul's time? Because Alex is new to the DBL. Alex season. is new to the DBL. My, my, my heart would love to see Paul. Fourth season of the DBL. Stalwart. He's in the final. He's in the final. Yeah. Before, knows what it's about. Consistently yeah. up there. And all exactly. That. But my head says Alex. I just think Claw with three claws and the speed and the speed is just going to make that subtle but important difference. So I'm, I'm going to say two one times. Okay. Thanks for that, Rory. Thanks no for worries. coming on the podcast. We hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, definitely will do that. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, and welcome to a little fireside chat with uh, with me, Tom, or Morg, as the DBL call me. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Phil, due to work commitments and other bits and bobs, hasn't been able to join me for this final roundup of the DBL finals, so I thought, uh, rather than keep you all waiting, that I would just give you a, a little feeler for, for how it went and all that sort of thing. I hope you enjoyed all the interviews that we did. I'm fully aware that the... Uh, but the sound quality wasn't 100% and uh, we didn't have a mic or anything really, I just recorded onto a laptop. So I apologise for the bits and bobs that maybe you couldn't quite hear, but hopefully it really gave you a feel for what it's like to be at a DBL's finals day. The DBL is just this fantastically social event, it's awesome to be around anything to do with it. Um, and I, th I hope that you got that feeling from us recording at the actual event itself. Uh, so roundup of the final. Uh, Paul with his Warhammerers, the Dwarves, took it out in the end in a very tight game with Alex and, uh, and the All-Stars, the Necro team. Uh, very hearty congratulations to Paul. It's his fourth season in the DBL. He's a DBL stalwart, been there since right at the beginning. And it's his second final. As you heard earlier, myself and Rory were talking about how he's the only returning finalist at finals day, which shows what a diverse league this is, you know, that different people get there every single season. As I said, worthy winner. Uh, commiserations to Alex, but uh, he played a really good season. He had a really good team there as well, and he did have some bad luck, so uh, I'm sure we'll see him back uh, in a future year. Uh, so that's that's it on finals day, really. So I'll just do a couple little other roundups. Um, shout out for the Super Bowl, which uh, Talk Nuffle are running. It's on the 23rd of uh, February. There's been a few dropouts, so there's a couple of tickets available. I'll put a link uh, in the show notes. You can go and pick up tickets for that but essentially if you PayPal 
£22 to wineatme.com. Again, I'll put a link, then, uh, then you can pick yourself up a ticket for that. Prizes are starting to come through, so I'll start putting up pictures on, on my Twitter page, which is at Tango Lima Oski November, at T Loin. And uh, you start to see all those cool prizes. Uh, as we spoke about at, right at the beginning of this episode, feels like weeks ago now, uh, but the, uh, the UKTC is this weekend. Uh, and me and Phil are going, along with 14 other DBLers. So there's a big crowd of us going, four teams from the DBL. I've actually, after all of that chat about Griff, um, I spoke to the all-wise Rory, and I've had a roster change. So um, you can basically ignore the uh, first part of this podcast. Uh, I've decided to uh, drop Griff, and uh, I'm instead going for Dolphar Longstride. He's a very interesting player. He's uh, an elf. Uh, but you can take him on a Brett team because he's like a Wood Elf, so they're allowed a couple of the Wood Elfy people. Uh, he's got pretty standard kind of um, Wood Elf lineman uh, stats. So he's 7, 3, 4, 7. So he's got that edge 4, but then he's fast, but he's, he's pretty easy to kill. Um, he's got Lona, and then he's got Diving Catch, Hail Mary Pass, Kick, Kick Off Return, and Pass Block, which I just think is a really good toolbox of skills, particularly with... Um, with those sort of four super mobile catches in the, in the nights that I will be taking, uh, and then I, I love that kick with uh, with the Bretonian team. I think it's great. It means I can take it off off the peasant that I had it on before, um, and dive and catch. You know that might come into use. I think he's just a good all round player. I do foresee him dying in most of my games because he's pretty squishy, uh, but it also allows me to. So if you remember, listeners, when we went through the team before, I only had three nights, but because Dolphar's a lot cheaper than. Griff, and yeah, three knights and two blockers actually. Uh, I've been able to expand my team, so I'm now taking all four knights and the three blockers, and then four peasants, and I can get two rerolls, which means I don't need a uh, leader either on one of my skills. So I'm taking four knights. I'm going to start off uh, one with dodge, and then he'll be joined by a knight with diving catch on round on the, the round two of skills, because uh, I think diving catch. Um, although it's probably there are better skills, I think there's going to be a couple of great stories with the Dolphar Hail Mary pass. I'm really hoping for some. For some awesome long bomb action. Uh, the other two knights uh, will get tackle and frenzy in the last round of skills. Uh, and then I got my three blockers and I'm going to take that ubiquitous uh, guard on two of them right off the bat. So my three signing skills are the knight with a dodge and the two blockers with guard because I just really think you need that guard because otherwise you're not going to be able to push anything over. Uh, and then I'm going to add a mighty blow on the third blocker for round two so I can hopefully keep up with uh, with all the damage that my opponent will probably be dishing out on me. So that's my team. Um, as I said, we, we kind of went into depth about the general Bretonian playstyle, but but obviously around Griff. I still foresee myself playing quite similarly, but um, but with Dolphar I'll be a little bit more of a passing game probably, rather than a running game. So, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, so yeah, that's the UKTC this weekend. We'll of course bring you all of the results and action right here on Talk Nuffle. Uh, following our trip up there and try and give you a bit of a feel of what the event was like. I mean, both of us have been before and we both had a fantastic time and I can only see that being the same this time. Uh, one last shout out before I go. Uh, the LGT, the London Grand Tournament, which Talk Muffle is also running, uh, is on the 14th and 15th of September. Tickets are on sale, as we mentioned uh, on the last podcast. I'll stick the website in the link. Please do go and pick them up because as soon as you start buying tickets, the sooner I can go and start getting prizes and getting all that organized um and i don't want you know it's a massive multi-game event and i want to make sure that blood bowl you know the earlier we buy tickets the more likely the organizer is to give us loads of extra space and we can have as big an event as we can get 
Um, that is all I can say here by myself. I hope you've enjoyed this quiet little fireside chat. I'm sitting here with my cheese and port before going to bed. Um, and I think I'll sign off and go and do that now. Um, hopefully Phil will be back with me next time. Speak to you soon. Bye.